and welcome to Relics of Ore after episode post packs interview extravaganza. Uh, joining me this evening are uh, Malkior, Vereen, and Opt once again. Uh, how are you doing this evening, Vereen? Doing okay, getting over Con Plague, but you know, other than that, everything's <laughs> doing pretty good. Yeah, is this uh, is this your first time being on any relics officially? I can't remember. I think so. I don't think I've been on anything with relics before. Okay, well, this is Lady Vereen, uh, writer of the Pale Tree blog, the Silvari uh, fan blog, as it were. Excellent reading if you want to check it out sometime. Um, as I mentioned earlier, joining us as well is uh, Opt. How are you doing this evening? Pretty good. Finally recovered from my uh, my travel nightmare. Um, the the speculation is that I took one for the team so that uh, all the pa- all the pack stuff for Guild Wars would uh, would go off without a hitch. <laughs> That's right. You, uh, you you took the karmatic uh, karmic hit, as it were, for the team. Uh, but at least you don't have the plague, so you know, you win some, you lose some. Uh, and and then joining us once again, or the first time in a while, we have Malkior. How are you doing this evening? I'm back. He's back. Hooray! I'm doing. My voice is at maybe eighty five percent now. I kind of destroyed it at PAX. I did not get the PAX pox, but Yet. no, not happening. It's already done. It's gone. Goodbye. Knock on wood. That's how but that works. Voice is still recovering slightly. <laughs> well, that's good. So I guess let's just jump right into it. I guess let's just start with uh, before even the panel happened. What was the, uh, how was the venue for PAX this year, for PAX South? It was the first time we've had one. It's uh, the convention center is in downtown San Antonio, and it's not a huge, huge convention center. Um, they are currently working on doing construction on it, so you know, in the future, it'll probably be larger. The con itself was quite small, but it was nice though because like, it was right on the river, so we could pretty much walk anywhere to get food. We spent a lot of time just wandering around down there and wanting to take joy rides on the boats. Oh, that's good. Uh, Opter Mal, how would you compare it to the size of Pax Prime? Uh, given that, given that Pax Prime kind of takes over to all of downtown Seattle, and this was like it, this was in one, you know, grant, it, granted, it's a convention center, it's a pretty big building, but one building versus like all of the downtown area was it was pretty small, like uh, like Vereen said. Gotcha. Well, you know, hopefully you didn't have to walk quite so far and through so much traffic to get to food. Indeed, definitely didn't. But you had to like walk up and down and around and through every single river and staircase possible. We well, didn't really have to, but it was easier to do that than waiting across the street with, you know, downtown traffic. Yeah, downtown San Antonio has a man-made river that runs, like, under some of the streets. It's actually pretty cool. That is it is cool. quite pretty. Yeah, that's nice. Um, so I guess, I guess, uh, so how big was this auditorium that the main, that the, the main stage was? I know how big the PAX Prime auditorium is, but it was a little bit hard to tell from the, from the Twitch stream. I believe they said that there were about 1,500 people that were able to fit in that theater, and yeah, I, we failed it. Yeah, I recall the same. That's pretty nice. That's so pretty nice. So it's fairly sizable. So did you guys, yeah, did I, any, oh, go ahead. I haven't seen the sizes of any of the theaters in Boston or Seattle, but... I was floored when I got in there. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, how was the... Did you guys see much of a, the line? I know that you guys got to go in through the press side. What line? Yeah, we, we didn't see the line. We didn't have to go... Because they, they had the, the queue room for the main theater was set back a bit from where that main theater actually was. So we didn't actually go over there to check out the line. We just got straight in the VIP line when we got there. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, that's nice. Yeah, but yeah. If, if you've uh, if you've seen one of the one of the queue room, like queue rooms that they just set aside for people to wait in line but not be in the way at like PAX East or PAX Prime, it was just a big one of those. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm sure people were lining up really early for that. It's uh, the the Guild Wars Two crowd is, I would say, fairly well known for lining up extremely early for things. Yeah, and you're the vanguard of that yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in recent years, that's definitely true. Um. But, uh, all right, well, that's cool. So, so you guys all got sort of herded into the auditorium. What was, uh, was there, was there much of a pre-show or anything, uh, aside from what they showed on Twitch? Like, they just showed a few minutes of talking, but. Oh my god, the lag is bad. Yeah, we didn't hear, yeah, we didn't hear any of the Twitch stuff that was going on, because that was all just through their mics and going into their soundboard. That way it can be put on stream. But every so often we get like Jebro or Chronic turning around and hyping up the crowd, and people were beating their stick. Synchronization. I mean, you could tell that the room was full of energy. There really Contact. wasn't anything. <laughs> there wasn't really any like pre-show, like you know, pre-panel stuff or anything like that. Jennifer Hale came out on stage about five ten minutes before they actually started and talked for a bit, but that was really about it. At least that we saw at the panel, they had probably had other stuff going on on Twitch that obviously we didn't see. Yeah, I'm actually a little surprised they didn't rebroadcast our YouTuber friends onto the onto the screens and speakers uh, in the auditorium. That would have been fun. Yeah. Now so I'm- what was what was the setup like in there for the stage and the like? Was there was there a big screen or multiple big screens or what was? They like- had um, three large screens up on the top. So there was one dead center, one left, one right. So that way they had, like, you know, they get video playing all, all three of them, or they'd have just, you know, video on, like, um, on the side ones. They would frequently show whatever was being broadcast to the live stream. So it would be showing, you know, Mike or Colin on stage or the audience. Gotcha, gotcha. So, um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's really interesting. I think it's really interesting that you guys didn't get to see, or rather, you know, they didn't broadcast any of that back to you guys. Because they, they had that little sort of cute pre-show that they had with... Um, Richie Procopio and Aurora Peachy and uh, uh, Chronic Gamer and I don't remember what the, the who the fourth Jeff one was. Bro. Yeah, J- yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, and I mean that was kind of a kind of a fun thing. I think it was. Yeah, it's really interesting that they didn't broadcast that back, I and mean, that surprises me actually. We did get hype sticks though. That's yes. true. The boomsticks. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking those with me. To, taking those to every convention now. What if I popped? And that makes me sad. That is how hyped you were. Exactly. It's a badge of honor. Like, it started deflating through the show. I'm looking at him like, I think it's a badge of rage. Badge of rage? She thought she was losing her Savari. (laughs) (laughs) That would be tragic. Uh, What were you saying, V? I was like, because about halfway through the panel, one of my sticks starts deflating. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with this thing? I'm looking over, I'm like, maybe I didn't seal the end tight enough, and now there's a little hole on the side that it split open. And yeah, if I lost my Silvari, I would be very displeased since half of my characters are Silvari and I have 18 character slots. Only yeah. half. Only half. I have a lot of humans in Norn too, so. That's that's fair. That's fair. So what was it? I mean, I know that I know I've been to lots of Guild Wars 2, uh, you know, announcements or hype things. I mean, every time I've been, the there's always just been sort of this electric buzz in the audience. How did that like? Did you guys feel that, or did it, like did everybody sort of know what was going to happen, even though we didn't really know? 
for 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 the first well everyone kind of knew all right they're not gonna say welcome to the next living world chapter for x amount of gems you two everyone knew it wasn't gonna be that yeah but as for each of the features within i don't think anyone knew and i don't think anyone could have called out that we would have heard every because they said like every major feature in the expansion pack we will revealed to you before we leave this room. No one could have called that. Yeah, I mean, like, we all went in basically knowing they're going to announce an expansion. Everyone, you know, all the signs are pointing at this is finally going to be an expansion, but I think a lot of the stuff they did tell us were things, you know, no one was really expecting. Like, new profession, okay, suspected, but, you know, all the other stuff, the masteries and specializations, which look really cool, I think were all stuff that people didn't really see coming so much. Sure, sure. Um, I definitely yeah. felt like I was with my people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like there were there were uh, there was somebody cracking jokes in front of me about a playable dredge, and I said, "Oh yeah, that should happen, and they should have immunity to blind in PvP." Uh... Did somebody then? <laughs> did somebody then immediately go, "No, no, no"? Unfortunately, no. But like, like I, I felt like comfortable bantering with the crowd, which was fun. Yeah, that's you know anybody listening, if you haven't been to something like PAX. And you know that Guild Wars Two is going to be there. Like it's, go. it is. Oh yeah, just go. It really is. It's just like you said. It's you can tell that these are your people. Like these are the people that love what we all love and make jokes about all the things. That, you know, they they understand your references. Like it's 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 truly difficult to describe. It is pretty great. Incidentally, when we were in line and they were just letting us into the theater, there was someone who was in front of us in the line. He's like, I haven't played since Queen's Jubilee the first time around. It's like, you've missed a few minor things. Yeah, a couple <laughs> things. Yeah. One, yeah. one awesome thing that did happen. There was this cosplayer who had this freaking awesome set of armor and probably the most accurate deformed juggernaut I've ever seen. Yeah, that, that and, cosplay was really good. And, yeah, that was pretty sweet. And from what I can only guess was at Peachy's request, they got her to the front of the line and like got her sitting right next to the four of them. No, I, I know the cosplayer. She's in a, a Guild Wars group I'm in on Facebook, and she was uh, given VIP status a while ago. Actually, if I remember correctly, she was invited yeah, but, for yeah, VIP but they status. Her, yeah, but she didn't I, have I, a I way to get v- to the con, and then they were able to get her there. Well, yeah, oh, I know really VIP, nice. like, there were, like, hundreds of VIPs, but she got to the front of the line, and everyone was just cheering, but usually, if you think, like, someone cut to the front of the line, you get people jeering and stuff, and upset, or booze, no, everyone was cheering, yep. because they could tell, like, she really deserved it. Well, Indeed. for stuff like this, cosplayers generally get pulled up to the front, simply because, number one, costumes like that are not easy to move around in, and I can tell you that from experience. Plus, if they're going to go to that sort of effort and stuff, they want some, you know, they want the people like that up front and center. Hell yeah. Yeah, and it's especially awesome, too, because I think I've seen several of her um, different costumes, and it's, I always find it really interesting and impressive when people make costumes for a game like Guild Wars that doesn't necessarily have an iconic character. I mean, there's some, obviously, but, um, you know, I, it's, it's, I feel like it's extra awesome to put in all that effort for something that, is e- even has like more niche recognizability like that's 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 a lot of dedication that's really awesome yeah like only only somebody like like us would know that like she, that her her armor was it was the cof armor though obviously without the fire because that's against weapons policy <laughs> and against life 
That'd be really funny if she installed like lighters all over it that you know like weren't fueled up but could be. That'd be pretty nice. Yeah. Um yeah, it was it, it was kind of funny because to to put this sort of in perspective of us who are watching it on Twitch, I I thought it was really kind of funny and interesting that they had not clued in exactly the um those four hosts that are the you know the four fan hosts as it were that were up there mm-hmm. because uh they asked them you know they asked them before the before the presentation like what are you expecting this to be about <laughs> and so like the first one was like uh it, I, I can't remember if it was aurora peachy or richie procopio but it was one of them and they were just like uh expansion and then they like looked at the other ones and everybody else was like yeah they're like any other any other ideas it's like no (laughs) like you guys said everybody there was expecting an expansion announcement and so it was kind of funny when they asked these you know they asked a few candid questions of people that you know were not were not plugs as it were and so everybody's just like had the same answer like i'm expecting an expansion announcement but obviously ruby couldn't just say like Oh, you're right. It is an expansion. What do you expect in the expansion? <laughs> like, I just thought I thought it was kind of a kind of funny. She was like, had her hand over her mouth, uh, lip zip, kind of quiet, <laughs> all the way up until the point until like Colin had said the very last feature. Because she's like, oh, I can finally talk about everything. Yeah. So. Um, remind me, I don't quite recall. What did they show after Jennifer Hale came out? Which, by the way, also I thought she was pretty awesome. Did you guys feel like she charged up the crowd there? Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. She. Uh, I mean, I, I, I like Jennifer Hale a lot, but I just, I thought she did a, a really good job of being a, a fun host. So that was, I was really glad that they did that. But uh, I don't recall. Did they do the video first and then have Mo and Colin come out, or did they do Mo and then the video and then Colin? I know Colin was last. They actually had like a music preview first. We were all just sitting there listening to the ambiance after Jennifer first came out, and then she came out again and she introduced Mo. And Mo did the video, and Mo did a quick spiel, and then it went to Colin. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so you guys were watching this video on on screens in the audience, right? So, how was your, um, I don't know. I I guess I don't even know what to ask exactly, but it's just like, I guess, what were your feelings like as this was ha- like the the atmosphere of the audience and the oh. the different like all of those things? Oh, Let's- I got. I got this one because I spoke to James Ackley after it was all done. He's like their big sound guy. And so he even said, like, in the lobby after it was all done, was the sound good? Sound work out fine? All right, James, that bass was bumping my heart. I loved it. Yeah, the bass was really high. It was pretty sweet. It was great. Yeah, it was it was hard to tell from the Twitch stream. Were people cheering during the video or were they kind of like in stunned silence watching all of these awesome things? Oh, everyone things? was screaming. Yeah, everybody gasped in unison at the hang gliders. Yep, that was pretty awesome. Nobody was expecting that. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, do you, do you have any, um, like, specific impressions of any moments during the video that were, like, really, that, like, got the crowd really reared up? How about V, you, you, um, you go. The, the hang gliders, obviously, the part where you see the, the Mersat, that, you know, assuming they're Mersat, they look exactly like freaking Mersat. I even logged into Guild Wars 1 last night to show my fiancé what they look like. I never got that far. And then Ritlock, towards the end, where he stealths and attacks everything in one go. I think that, that one kind of really wild. stood out to people, too. 
because that was pretty amazing. That one had everyone going, wait, dual professions? What the hell? Yeah. Because he basically turned into a thief there. Yeah. Yeah, and at the, and at the same time, like I said, they had the audio cranked on that thing. So it's like each one of those slashes were coming at you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because I'm, I'm just thinking back to it, and I think it was I, – I think I mentioned it on the show this week, but it was really interesting that – they had two versions of the trailer where one had uh, just the first one that you saw that doesn't have any text or anything. It was just like a series of montage, as it were. And then the second one that sort of is talking about all of the features um, like in tandem with what they were showing on the screen, which they showed second. Um, yeah, there's definitely an art to like making those kinds of trailers. And and whoever had that idea, like they, they get it because like, that was that was like a perfect way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting. Um <laughs> I uh yeah, I, I thought it was really funny when like at least from the stream's perspective, it was a little bit hard to tell. It was Mike O'Brien's speech was kind of funny because y- like you could tell that he was kind of stuck between deciding whether or not he wanted to wait for applause or whether he wanted to just like keep talking and then if applause happened he would stop. Like what was what was it again, like the sound didn't really pick up the audience too much until there was like complete hooting and hollering uh like what was what was what was his speech like being in the audience opt to go with you this time yeah i i kind of i kind of agree i i just i had to think about it for a second for finding words words are hard um yeah i i'll definitely say that uh that colin uh his his speech felt more natural than uh than moe's because uh like colin got to say all the stuff that 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 like the individual things that fans were going to cheer for like precursor crafting hey (laughs) (laughs) yep yeah yeah it's um yeah it was really interesting it it uh there was a lot of there were a lot of terms that were thrown around a lot of jargon for things that were going to come and not a lot of explanation of what they were and i felt like you could kind of you could kind of see that on especially on moe's like body posturing it's like he was kind of anticipating applause when he'd say something but it was something that nobody had heard of and so nobody even knew what it was but then of course you know those big things come out that that both of them would say you know like you know guild halls and precursor crafting and you know it seemed like everybody went just absolutely nuts over those types of things yeah and and the other thing about most talk was that you know he he, he said the stuff about no gear invalidation no level cap increase like those aren't like that's not the kind of thing like yeah the level cap increase but like it is it like it's it's good news for the game but it's not like the kind of thing that's gonna make the crowd go wild it's yeah, like that's something i was happy to hear about but at the same time it's not something people are gonna go nuts cheering about as opposed to when they're like hey you can craft your precursors now that's something people are gonna flip out over i still had people like uh <laughs> it was funny how he set it up because you knew like this was all planned and stuff they're like, uh, do you want to be able to, uh, like, get the next set of gear and grind and get up level 90 or something? No! Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I, I think it's funny that people didn't, like, super cheer about when he actually made the statement about no no gear and level increase, because I know that I actually cheered out loud watching a freaking Twitch stream. <laughs> I mean, that's, I thought that was... Yeah, I, I mean that was a huge moment for me. I mean, I've been I've been an outspoken person about ascended gear, and so 
just getting really? that confirmation. I never noticed. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, I mean, getting I that think, confirmation for me is huge. I think it's also one of those things where people are split on. Like, there's a lot of people who are glad there's no level increase, no, you know, gear grind or whatever. Then there's a lot of people who are just used to, you know, more typical MMOs and they want to see that sort of thing because to them, that's the only lasting way of playing the game. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, so I guess did the did did you guys get the sense from the audience that they were sort of split on some of these things? Uh, I think at this point, Mo had kind of been just doing all the marketing speak and talking with generic terms. It's like, get uh, to call it already. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like people were split, but but again, it's just it's just not the kind of thing that you're gonna like whoop and cheer for. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so I guess I mean. We all we all know all the stuff that Colin said. What I guess I guess like what are you guys each looking forward to the most from what we know so far? Uh let's start with we'll go bottom to top, so let's go with Vereen first again. Um well I definitely think Revenant looks pretty damn sweet. So right now I'm planning on making two, which means this expansion's gonna bring me to at least twenty character slots. Um I loved Ritualist in Guild Wars One. It was one of my favorite professions and it's just Revenant reminds me so heavily of just ritualist powers, but used more actively. So instead of, you know, summoning spirits that do specific things, you're actually getting the powers himself. Aside from that, guild halls will be pretty damn awesome, because it would really be nice if my guild actually functioned properly, and we had a guild hall. We did not have to meet in Holbrack. <laughs> yeah, we, don't have to, we won't have to meet up in Holbrack anymore, and that random little hidden waterfall in the grove. We'll actually have a place to meet. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty great. How about you, Opt? Mother freaking hang gliders. <laughs> <laughs> Just go to Archage. <laughs> yeah, hang gliders are pretty sick. Uh, but yeah, other than that, um, I also think the Revenant is really cool. It kind of, you know, it doesn't play like anything like the Mesmer, or it doesn't look like the Mesmer, but it kind of reminds me of the Mesmer in the sense that it's like a, it feels like a unique prof- profession or class that like other games don't have. So, like, I, I think, I think ArenaNet's kind of nailed it again with, you know, bringing something unique to the game mechanics that, that other games don't have. Yeah. I actually think it's really interesting. Have you guys looked at the concept art that they put on their Heart of Thorns website for The Revenant? I did glance at it. Sexy. Well, I think it's really interesting because the... How would I describe this? I guess the word generally kind of has a loaded definition in that you are... It's implied that you are undead, the word Revenant. Mm-hmm. But in the Guild Wars verse, as it were, I would say that that's not how it's going to be. Yeah. But then they had the concept art of a guy that very clearly looks kind of like the classical undead type of revenant with the pallid gray skin. Uh, so anyway, I, just, I thought that was interesting because I you were speaking about a class that is very unique to Guild Wars in its mechanics, or at least from the all appearances. And one of my friends that's been out of the game for a while, but watched the, um, he, he just wa- went to the website. He didn't watch the announcement trailer and he totally got the impression that Revenant would be undead. And he's like, I don't really like that aesthetic. And I was like, hmm, that's well, interesting. Guild Wars does kind of have a different take on death than most other games since, I mean, character death is very much impermanent, uh, impermanence. And I think that's actually part of lore, if I remember correctly. And I mean, who the hell knows what happened to Ritlock in the Mists? I mean, clearly something's going... Uh, you know, he came across something and all sorts of things happened if he changed professions. But, I mean, just with, you know, the Mists and everything like that, it, I don't I don't think it really points at undead, but it's definitely very, very heavily based on spirit powers and stuff like that. 
Yeah, yeah that's that's what I was getting to. Like maybe the whole reason they've chosen Revenant as a term isn't the fact that it, it's undead or that it's even a spirit, but it's drawing on the spirits of others. It's drawing on the spirits of Jalus and Malix, who they've announced so far of the Miss. Yeah, yeah. Well, and in the case specifically of Ritlock, he has returned from the mists, which is where the afterlife is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but and yeah, he's Max- incredibly powerful from the looks of it. <laughs> yeah, that's well, true too. He's freaking Ritlock. <laughs> that armor set is badass. I want it. It's pretty slick. So, yeah. what was your what was your favorite thing or most excited thing that they announced so far, Mal? Oh, Revenant. Yeah, I. I need a new chat. I'm the kind of person that just likes analyzing things and analyzing the mechanics. And so seeing how a new profession is going to tick and slowly learning how to play that out again, that is that is my shtick. That is going to be so much fun. Also, when I saw my engineer lay the smack down with a giant-ass hammer, because <laughs> I have been calling, like, NGs need a hammer for about a year. Yeah. Oh yeah, specializations look pretty awesome. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I rolled. Uh, I rolled my second engineer over the weekend. I'm gonna be ready. <laughs> yeah, I. Um, I actually think I, I think my answer. I mean, I I really like the revenant uh, concept as well. I think my answer for it is just a little bit leaning towards a more general answer about extensibility. I really like that they are appearing to have an eye for having having new content that they can add on to in the future in either further expansions or living world or whatever they have several you know the specializations specifically and the um gosh and i already forgot this word and i said it earlier today opt masteries masteries there we go those things yeah those like the hang glider yeah exactly that that they can add on to and i that really excites me as a player because i really S- similar to like gaining new mechanical things to master, like Mal said, I I like the idea of of putting in systems that they can expand upon later and that are designed that way from the outset because it makes it so much better. Um, so, but I mean, there's just so much, so much awesome, so much awesome stuff about this announcement. Um, yeah, and just to just to make reference to precursor crafting for a second, um, after the announcement, I went back to. Went back to Vreen's apartment where I was staying, and I got on my laptop, and I consolidated all of my resources, and now in my bank are two gifts of fortune, two gifts of metal, and a gift of light and darkness. That's disgusting. His bank's a little bit on the insane side. Though also, I... during the panel, um, AJ was texting me, like, the entire panel, so if you see me on this, pan- like, on this uh, stream, if I was staring at my phone, it's because she was texting me. And I sent her. I sent her a text that just said "scavenger hunt" in all caps because I knew she'd know what I was referring to. Precursor crafting, and she responds with, "Dawn is already down two hundred gold in the past five minutes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was watching that. I actually, fully believe it. Yeah. Like precursor prices tanked on Saturday for a while. Yeah, they're, they're back st- up again, but still. I was gonna say they are back up again, but. Uh, um, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm in no rush. Yeah, I mean I. <laughs> I uh, I definitely started just, moving just that way wait, as well. Wait till the full process is revealed, and then they'll tank again. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, it um, depends on how it's done, really. If 
because it sounds like it's done through a collection and so far everything you get through collections is account bound and one of the interviews i read i want to say it was the one on uh, that jason did on mmorpg said that it's going to be one collection per precursor per account so you can only make each precursor once yeah i think that i think from a market perspective that it will make precursor prices come down a little bit because part of like the whole market is sort of self-referential in itself where the desired item is the precursor and as more money gets into the game you can sell them for more money and their cost of the precursor is roughly reflected by the cost of the exotics multiplied by your chance of getting them uh, getting a precursor from the mystic forge but the price of exotics goes up the more a precursor is in like the, mm-hmm. it's it's so it's cyclical or not cyclical but it's circular so you know as as people get really excited about getting um you know uh the the staff the bifrost or um sunrise or, or uh twilight you know those the exotics that correspond to those weapon types get a lot more expensive than the other exotics regardless of whether or not they're actually cheaper to make or find and so i think that taking some demand out of the market will probably like probably lower the prices a little bit mm-hmm. certainly plus it's yeah. gotta, you got to look at it this way too like there's going to be some people who are totally okay with going through the collections and taking the time it takes to get it and I assume the collections when it's going to, you know, I assume precursors, it's going to take some effort and time to get. Because, I mean, you know, look at luminescent armor. Um, look at, you know, Madri crafting that. And those really felt to me like luminescent, Madri when it first came out, I was like, this feels like a test run for precursor crafting to me. Yeah. And, you know, it takes a fair amount of time and work to do. So you're going to have some people who are totally okay with taking that. And you're going to have some people who are just like, you know what, screw that. I'd rather throw gold at the trading post. So I, sh- I assume prices will go down a little bit since not everyone's going to have to rely on, you know, RNG or the trade post to get a precursor, but not too much because there'll still be plenty of people out there who just want to buy the damn thing and get it over with. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, people, there are definitely people that'll look at any scavenger hunt and say, if it takes me, you know, a month or two months to do this, I could just farm gold and end up with more than enough money to buy the precursor, um, you know, potentially. So yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. But uh, unless there's anything else you guys wanted to talk about about the panel itself, uh, I thought we might go start talking about the after party that uh, most of you guys went to. Yeah. Um, v, you, you, so you're not a party person, but you enjoyed this party, so why don't you start? No, I'm really not a party person, because I'm a really, really shy introvert, so generally when there's lots of crowds of people, I'm like the kind of person who if I have to go to a party with my friends, I kind of hide in the corner and then leave after half an hour. And we were like the last people to actually leave the party. Um, it's just, you know, there's something about being around other people who, you know, we've got a lot in common with. And we can just start babbling about a video game that it was, uh, you know, it's a different environment. And I did actually enjoy it quite a bit. So what kind also, of a venue was, was it at? It was at, a, it was at a restaurant that had um, that had seating on the roof. Oh, yeah, it was, a, it was a restaurant on the Riverwalk. Nice. Can you guys, do you have any guesstimate of how many people were at the venue? Uh, I don't know, 40, 50? Oh, so, like, I mean, like, total, fans included? I know that um, when we were waiting in line, uh, Caden, he was going along counting his, who, how, like, how many people were in line, and we were around, like, number 36, 37 in line. And the line did go around the corner of the building, but I think they were only able to fit about 40 or 50 people in at a time. So more people were coming in as other people left. Dang, that's really small. Yeah, it was, it was not a huge venue. 
I thought originally they stated like the venue was going to be up to a hundred. They probably yeah, had I, some press and stuff there, though. Ew. Yeah, I, I could be lowballing. It's true. Possibly. I don't think they said anything about how many people would fit in the venue, though. Yeah. Well, that's really cool, though. I mean, that means that you guys. Yeah, I mean, that's a much more Facebook. intimate experience, which is cool. Um, yeah. What devs? What devs were there that you guys got to talk to? Um, it was so. Um, it was mostly the the community and marketing folks, mm-hmm. and, and Colin and Mo. And I, uh, I didn't. If there were if there were designers there, I did not recognize them. Yeah, it's mostly just community and marketing. So, did you get a chance to speak with any any devs in particular? Yeah, we spent. Uh, uh, Stefan Lopresti came and uh, sorry, Stefan, if I butchered your name. We uh, <laughs> we we uh, sat down with us and we had a nice nice long chat about uh, about the game and about the lore. That was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, he was getting, getting his with perspective. Us. It was late. It was towards the end of the night, but and he but he sat with us for a good fifteen minutes just talking. So that was pretty cool. Stefan's a lore hound, and I actually wouldn't have guessed this. Huh. Indeed, that's interesting. Did you get a well, chance? Well, he's to... in charge of the wiki, so yeah, I guess that's true. Ah, true, true. Um, did you guys get a chance to talk to Colin at all, or listen to Colin anyway? Yeah, I did. I did go and uh, small talk with Colin. There was uh, there was talk of how many drinks we'd have to give him in in order for him to spill the beans on more stuff. He totally maxed out his alcohol mastery. Yeah, that was the, that was the joke that I made. <laughs> That's awesome. Is he not like the most charismatic individual in the universe? He yes. is. He is so nice. He's so nice. Like it is ridiculous. Uh, one thing he one thing he asked the group was um, he was interested in what we thought about what should happen to Lion's Arch. Like, what, rebuild what, the damn place. Right. Yeah. Like what? Like what it should be when it's rebuilt. And um, I volunteered the suggestion that some that because Lion's Arch always rises from its own ashes, like the first time it was rebuilt, it was rebuilt from shipwrecks. So this time, at least one major structure, I said, should be rebuilt from the wreckage of the Breachmaker. And he thought that was cool. That's an awesome idea. I yeah. approve. I would totally dig that. I, I will say, Lion's Arch needs to be rebuilt either before the expansion or as one of the highlight slash map changes of the expansion. Because how the hell can we say, oh, let's go fight a dragon, or anything like that, when our damn capital's still in ruins? Well, Lion's Arch isn't the capital, for starters. For all intents and purposes of the player knowledge, it is the capital. It's definitely a rallying point. Um, I, I actually have to give my hat off to ArenaNet. I am astounded that they've kept it ruined for so long um i mean i i think that's awesome that they really do have the the guts to ruin sort of the social hub of the world i also kind of feel like with everything else going on in Tyria right now rebuilding that city is fairly low on the priority list when you know the pact fleet's been destroyed and a significant portion of one of the races has turned against everybody and there is a dragon rampaging around the forest you know the jungle i think they have bigger issues than Rebuilding Lion's Arch. The great, the great hero of the people, Evan Nashboy, doesn't care about that. He just needs commerce. I was just commerce. gonna say that. I was just gonna say the great Evan Nashboy cares little for your petty, <laughs> petty dragon politics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he exactly. just cares about his pocket. Exactly. And 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 not and not to mention Zamoros. That's right. That's right. He's got to get other suckers to throw away countless amount of wealth. He's totally gonna be out of a job. <laughs> That's true. Well, you know, maybe they'll implement other things that need to use the Mystic Forge. Like, Madri had to use the Mystic Forge quite a bit, so... 
Not for RNG though. No, that's true. That's true. There, there's a there's a cosplay idea that was that was floated at some point in the night that um, somebody should go to PAX East as as Zamaros and and wear a sign that says uh, "Will Will Transmute for Precursors" <laughs> because he's, because he's out of a job now. Yeah. <laughs> or I was you, thinking you, that... you, don't, you, you don't even have to cosplay as him. Just wear a sign, and people would get it. I think it'd be funny if you uh, if if you did that, and then you said uh, you you had like a, a a hat or something for money, and you just like held it out for people, and then you gave them something back, and usually you gave them less than they gave you. Yeah, I just keep like rolls of pennies <laughs> in my pocket. Yeah, exactly. Like like oh, I'll take your stuff. I need four of whatever you're giving me. Somebody gives you four quarters, you hand them back a penny or a nickel. <laughs> but like every once in a while, you give somebody like a five. Or they, yeah, or they, or they hand me like four pieces of swag, and I hand them like a pin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's kind of hilarious and horrible at the same time. I know, right? Oh, uh, oh, going back to the going back to the panel thing, I really feel like Anet's missing out on some hilarious prop uh, sales for things like commander tags. Yeah, I would totally buy a commander tag in real life. I actually meant to make a commander tag headband and then just kind of forgot about it and didn't have time to with everything that was going on last week. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, I've I've very frequently at PAX always intended to uh, do something and then it always winds up never happening, but... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, ArenaNet really needs a merchandising czar so they yeah, can they do. sell me more things. Like, remember those t-shirts they asked us about years ago, which designs we wanted, and then just... It kind of fell into the ether, and no one's heard about it ever since. I, yeah. I kind of would like some of those. Yep. And I mean, I kind of like that they keep giving us free shirts at cons, but man, they'd make so much money if they put them up for sale. Yep. Like, I'd really like that Scarlet shirt you guys got at Prime. <laughs> yep. Yep, Scarlet is dead. Speaking of awesome shirts, that newish Heart of Thorn shirt is probably one of the coolest ones they've given out so far. The yeah, black definitely. and green one? Yeah. Yes. Pretty sick looking. I'm envious. The green logo is like this really nice sparkly shiny material and the shirt itself is like you know how a lot of shirt like you know t-shirts and stuff like that are just kind of a really gross heavy thick material it's uncomfortable. These are really really comfy and I kind of love that shirt. Yeah, they didn't skimp. Nice. That's like nice. like even like in, even the label is like custom. Like it's it says like uh, on the back where the size is it says like beyond the point of no return pack south. Yep. So uh, it, are which slash are any of you going to Pax East? Uh, right here. Possibly. Possibly, maybe. I wish. It's only it's only a three hour drive for me, so I'd be crazy not to go. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Well, definitely, it's it's really exciting that they're talking about having a demo there. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Um. Uh... Really hoping I can make it. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. Um, yeah. So I mean, was there was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about or add for you know sort of the announcement or anything? I guess I mean we can talk a little bit about anything that's been announced sort of in the subsequent week. There's been a whole bunch of small tidbits. There uh, was the Sharknado Mancer that was being talked about at the party. Yeah. What? Yeah. So, details. Yeah, so so as as the night was winding down, somebody was uh, was talking with Colin about what the specializations were, and they were and they were trying to float the idea that the elementalist specialization would be the Sharknado Mancer. <laughs> this is good. That is gold. And and obviously their new weapon would be a polearm or something. 
And so, and so, and I was, I was listening on the sidelines, and and I, I said, oh, there's definitely no copyright issues with this. And Colin's like, yeah, well, yeah, we'll just do it, no problem. Chickenado, answer. <laughs> yes. We've got, we've already got an undead chickenado, right? I think the chickens and the chickenado are still alive, actually. Yeah, because you know. yeah, they they end up with they end up uh, face down in the sand, and you have to yank them out. They're they're very much alive. Wasn't was in there a mini that's undead, or am I just full of? There is an undead or uh, mini Orion chicken, and then there's a mini chickenado. But the mini chickenado is live chickens. Yeah. Gotcha. Chicken is no longer a word because I've said it too many times. All right. Well, if uh, if you guys are you know don't have too much else to add, I guess we can just uh, wrap this up here. I uh, would be happy to have any of you guys on again as we hear exciting news about the expansion. Sure, we are all uh, following it closely. Yeah, I, I I just want to give a couple more shout outs but since since I'm on here. I got to I got to finally meet um uh MMO blogger and fellow fellow twit Jason Winter at uh at the at the party. That was that was very cool. Yeah, he came up to us in line and he's like, Is this where the Twit Guild group is meeting? We're like, Yeah, hi. <laughs> hey, Jason. Yeah, that that was great. And um and uh, I shook I shook Colin's hand and thanked him for, you know, having having an awesome announcement and told him I was really looking forward to uh Looking forward to seeing what was in the expansion, and he was he was very humble. You know he you know he he doesn't he doesn't take he doesn't take our fandom for granted. Like he, but and you know he he earned it, and and ArenaNet earned it, and they did it they did a great job. And he was uh, he was very, he was very grateful for the praise. Yeah, they they did phenomenal, and it was just like you could tell like anyone we talked to all weekend. Like we spent a lot of time with Liz over the weekend. And she was just trying so hard on Friday to not say anything. And then on Saturday and Sunday, she was just like in this ecstatic mood because finally they could talk. Ruby was just, Ruby was hilarious at the party because she's just taking pictures of everything and tweeting them and bouncing all over the place. It's like Ruby is the fangirl who got her dream job. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was talking with, with, uh, with Liz and I commented that they, that the Guild Wars 2 Twitter account hasn't changed its icon to the Heart of Thorns logo yet. And she said what and she pointed behind us and she said, Well, as you can see, our official Twitter account is busy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's pretty much that's pretty true. Yeah, it's uh you know, I mean I you know, I wasn't there, but I've 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 had the same experience with, as you guys that every time I've talked to their anybody really on their staff, they've always been very uh very humble and very appreciative. You know, they yeah, they're they're very they're really great people. It's it's awesome. Yeah, and it makes me makes me want to go to Paxes all the more, especially since you know Prime is their home convention, and the, and I know that they're going to be at East. So it's it's going to be a great year for Guild Wars. I hope. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so would you guys like to plug uh, websites, Twitter handles, whatever? Since I don't have one for you. Yeah, V, go ahead. Um, well, I do run. Under the Pale Tree, it's uh, thepaletree.net. I don't update it quite as frequently anymore as I used to, but I still write every once in a while, and I am on Twitter at Lady Vereen. I feel like you're gonna have some source material to be updating about your Silvari. Pretty yeah. soon. <laughs> I did already remake one of them into a uh, in Wardrum, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was gonna say, I feel like I feel like you're gonna have a big influx of interesting things to talk about in the near future. So we'll uh, we'll definitely keep reading that. Ops. Yeah, so you can find me at uh, my Twitter is at Mr. X, MR underscore EX, and uh, hashtag TwitGuild. 
Yes, that's right. I didn't introduce uh, Vereen properly. She is one of the co-leaders of Twit Guild with uh, Opt here, so, you know, technically I should be sucking up to them. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Malkior? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Malkior underscore, because Malkior was taken. (laughs) I I just talk about all kinds of stuff. Guild Wars 2, Gigantic, whatever, maybe whatever my current gaming interests may be. All right. Well, it was uh, great having you all on this uh, special edition of Relics of War, and I hope we can talk to you again soon. Cheers. Yep, thanks for having us. That was another episode of Relics of War. If you'd like to get involved, you can find us on any social networking site such as Facebook, Twitter, Steam, and many more just by looking up Relics of War. That's Relics of O-R-R. Similarly, if you'd like to send us mail, you can send that to relicsoforr at gmail.com or go to our website, relicsofor.com, where you can record right there on the front page using our WordPress widget to put on a headset and give us your feedback. Or if you feel more comfortable with it, you can go ahead and just record the audio and send it to us as an OGG or an MP3 file. If you'd like to join us in-game, send a whisper to Cole, C-O-E-H-L, and Nexi, A-N-E-K-S-I, C-Squirrel Run, that's a C, and then Squirrel, and then Run, or Spirit Face to get in contact with us or join the guild. Last, we always love the comments, so if you want to go to our main site and start commenting on some of the posts that we've got or join our forums, you can have fun with that. If you listen to us on iTunes, you can find our page on the market and just leave a comment or a rating that you feel that we deserve. We appreciate that. We'll read them on the show.